This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is sponsored by Podcast Bookers, podcastbookers.com. Podcasts are really hot, right? But you know what's also really hot? Appearing as a guest on one of the many, many podcasts out there. Think about it. Much easier than writing a guest blog post. You get some high-quality content. You get great backlinks. People want to share that content. Maybe you can even transcribe that content. Being a guest on podcast, getting yourself booked on podcast is a really, really great SEO tactic, great brand-building tactic. Podcast bookers can get you booked on two to three to four podcasts every single month on autopilot. Go check it out, podcastbookers.com. Welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz, and my guest today is Scott Gerber. He's the co-founder and CEO of the Community Company. He's also the founder of the Young Entrepreneurial Council, YEC, and the Forbes Council. He is the co-author of a book we're going to talk about today called Super Connector. Stop Networking and Start Building Business Relationships That Matter. He wrote that book with Ryan Paw. So, Scott, thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, John. So I always have to get uh, a name out of the title and make sure that we define it. You know, what is a super connector? Well, let's unpack that first, the premise of why a super connector needs to exist. And that helps to understand the definition, which is the idea of networking uh, is broken. I think uh, you and I have many mutual friends who feel similarly. I'm sure you do in many ways, too. Because it's this one-sided, transactional, short-term thinking mentality uh, that has led to every level of noise in the world, social, in-person, whatever you call uh, your networking space. It has now been uh, really a layer of, of crap and BS has been added to all of that. And so what connectors are are natural and authentic people who truly are looking to create valuable, deep relationships. And they do so by putting communities of great and amazing people around them, uh, by constantly being habitually generous, by being empathetic, and by being very curious. And these are the people who have found ways to really be incredibly successful in life and business because of the relationships that they've selectively and methodically put around themselves. So let me play a little devil's advocate. Um, that could just be a nice way to dress up networking and, and just mm-hmm. give it a new, uh, a new approach. But yep. um, are you suggesting that? Because unfortunately, you know, somebody could read your book and say, oh, okay, that's how I have to act now if I want to be a networker. Yep. Uh, so, you know, how do you, I mean, the word authentic, you know, sort of, you know. It's the new t-shirt. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it's the word that actually does distinguish, but it's also sometimes easy to at least fake for a while. Authentic. Yep. No, absolutely, John. And and I think, look, at the end of the day, I like to equate it this way uh, in how these are actually different principles and not just uh, wordplay. Um, I'm going to ask your audience to do an audit of themselves. And this is something that I tell all of my friends when they determine whether or not they have more of a networking personality or a networker personality or one of a connector. In the next five business conversations you have where you don't know the other person, Which way does your mind go? Does it go to, I want to learn more about this person and see where I may be able to play a role in their success? Or does it lead to the direction of, this person is not valuable to me, therefore I need to end this conversation? And you don't have to tell anybody the results, 
But those are the two fundamental truths. Are you someone that is genuinely curious to help others? Or are you really in every relationship to help yourself? And those are the fundamental differences. So we say that networking has become tip and tactic oriented, right? Here's the three best tips to do that. Here's the four tactics you need to do this. Whereas what we're promoting is an idea of an entire mindset shift. In the same way you're not going to lose weight in an authentic way uh, by going and eating differently for a week or going to the gym once a week and, you know, having a Nutra uh, shake, you know, you're going to change your lifestyle. That's the same thing in how we talk about connection in that this is not a, a rethink of do this, not that. It's a fundamental rethinking of how you even go about building relationships in the first place and how you maintain those relationships ongoing. So it's certainly not semantics here. And I, I would agree that that is what we fight against because the idea of networking uh, is so ingrained in the vernacular of business. This is truly a mindset shift and it's a way in which you have to rethink how you're actually going about the practice of building the relationships in the first place. So how does, I mean, obviously in the traditional world, uh, networking or connecting even went on a lot of times because you were physically in the same space with somebody. Obviously, social media made it easy to connect in some way with people maybe you never meet. <laughs> so, you know, how does, how does, how do we balance that? Mm-hmm. New, because I mean, I mean, what what it what it caused, which I think to great you know detriment in some cases, was I could go from having a hundred connections to having a hundred thousand connections. And, yep. and how do I manage that? Well, it, it's funny. You you just took the words right out of my mouth. I think we've gone through this shift of authentic, meaningful, deep relationships to vanity metrics. And even in what you just said, John, I don't mean to call you out on this at all because I know this is not how your your intention was. But this is how we've we've changed the world from humans meeting humans to how do you think about interacting online versus offline? Well, shouldn't you be able to interact as a human in both environments? Because in theory, it's one world, it's one daily life. So so I think that we're trying to segment, again, based on tips, practices, tool sets, guru logic, platforms, all these third-party stimuli that are basically putting noise in the way of what was once very simple. If you want to build a relationship with someone, you invest time. You invest time in them. You invest time in real conversation, in curiosity, in empathy of their position. And I think that what we've done is gone from a position of humanity being uh, amplified by various tools to the tools and platforms becoming the reason for trying to hack humanity. humanity we're amplifying message and personal brand and so i think that we're just in this moment right now where we almost have to take a step back you know and and actually start to determine who we are so that we can put whatever our best uh you know proverbial foot forward i hate using those kind of those kind of terminologies but really just be ourselves again but do so in a way that does have a point uh you know you don't want to just waste time we're not just using words like habitual generosity to sound smart we're using it because these kinds of you know methodologies is is really a framework that helps people to to just be able to have deeper conversations and longer term systems that can help them help others. And those are really just key attributes of what I think strong connectors do. All right. So if we're going to throw the traditional networking habits out the door, what are the new habits we need to adopt? Sure. So I think first and foremost, you know, sort of what I alluded to earlier, you know, you got to have a bit of self-awareness here. And and that audit that I mentioned is sort of the first step. And it's this idea that, you know, 
are you not only self-aware of yourself, but are you self-aware of what others think of you? I think connectors have the uh, unique ability to be very, uh, you know, transparent with themselves and, and be able to say very clearly, like, this is how the world views me and this is how I view me. These are my strengths and weaknesses. These are the areas by which I, you know, run my life, my professional world and so forth. So that's one. Uh, two, you do need to see what is your level of emotional intelligence. Do you care about other people? I mean, I'll be honest, John, I've met a lot of people that don't. And you probably shouldn't be a connector. Um, and that's the thing. Like I've met many salespeople. You will never change their ways. They are out to make the sale hell or high water. And I just fundamentally think that, you know what? They're okay with 99 people out of 100 thinking they're horrible, terrible people, but they're going to sell the one out of 100. And you can't change that. You should. You can't change it. So you got to have emotional intelligence. You got to be an empathetic person. And then lastly, you have to start looking at how curious you are. Do you genuinely care about the conversations you're in? Do you follow up? Do you dive deep or stay surface level? I like to give this as the test for that one. How many times have you heard the question, how can I help you? All right. So I used to be guilty of this myself. I would ask the end of a conversation, say, how can I help you? But when you actually dissect that for a minute, what it means is number one, you have either not been listening or not asked the right number of questions to actually offer where you might be helpful, who you might know, what resource you might have versus this sort of social script that is the lazy way out or the, oh, I know if I say, how can I help you right now at the right moment? They'll ask me the same thing and my true you know, need of getting something from them. All of a sudden I become the good guy, but I get what I need. So, so you know, it all starts with great questions. An example. Instead of asking something like, how can I help you? Starting conversations with things like, you know, what makes you excited to wake up in the morning that you're working on right now? Uh, what does success look like right now or a year from now based on the thing you're passionate about? Um, you know, those kinds of questions that really help people uh, to talk more. And, and I always say a connector's job, you know, fundamentally, whether it's social media, whether it's in person, is you need to be the Sherlock Holmes of discourse. You need to pull context. You need to solve the puzzle because most people don't not how to ask for help or the help they're asking for is wrong or the things that they're working on have a certain lens or framework. And you need to be able to solve for them what they're either not seeing or not capable of asking. And that comes by naturally, whether it's online, in text or in person, uh, it's about finding ways to extract that great context to see what's really there and where you really can make an impact. Now, um, those conversation starter kind of questions. You know, people have been preaching that for years. And, you know, that's, I'll go to a networking event and somebody I'll just meet for the first time will ask me what I'm excited about. And I have to tell you, maybe I'm not a connector, but, but uh, my first reaction is, I don't know you well enough to tell you what I'm excited <laughs> about. You know, it's well, I mean, none of your damn business. <laughs> I, think, I think, John, you hit on an excellent point. Uh, the argument here also is we're not saying that you should be meeting every person under the sun. We're also, we're, you know, connectors live their life, what we found, by really a couple of key principles. One of those is what we call the art of selectivity. So they put themselves in circles of intimate gatherings or, or very well thought through curation or convened experiences to ensure that they are setting up their own environments, right? Connectors are not people who want to go meet 5,000 people a week. They're not. It's a misconception. The best connectors are people that are setting the stage for the kinds of folks that they want to surround themselves with, the communities they want to build around themselves. They extract people from pre-existing real estate, as we call it, or other communities or other areas to be the, the center of a sphere of influence amongst a group they're creating on their own. And so I agree with you. If you're in a room 
and you're just like, hey, I'm an extrovert. You want to go meet everybody in the sun. That's great. But that doesn't mean you're a great connector. It means that you're not necessarily being as thoughtful uh, of, of how you're thinking about the way in which you're going to methodically value your time and build real impact with people that matter uh, and that people that could be really a value add community member of yours. So, so I agree with you. I don't think people should just put themselves out there any given which way. I think you have to be very, very careful uh, and very, very uh, you know curated in the way you think about relationship building and where you where you dedicate your time and who you invest in. Now, I know there's no hard and fast number to this, but if we're talking about investing time, resources, care, uh, there's probably only so many you yep. can do that with. I mean, and again, like I said, there's no hard and fast number, but shouldn't we be trying to make our universe maybe smaller in that regard? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I often say best connectors know how to say no better than anyone else. Uh, and there's a reason for that. You know, unfortunately the reality is time is the one resource we can't get back. And so we are in this moment because social media has made connections. And I say that with the, you know, the, the air quotes around me, uh, made it so easy. We think that that is a relationship or a connection or a direct link. And it's not, it's, it's sort of, Oh, they liked a piece of content I wrote. Well, you're going to call them if your mother's dying. Probably not. Right. It's just the reality. Uh, and so, you know, there's, there's a couple things here. First, there is no hard and fast number, but there are ways to cheat the human brain and still build meaningful connections with, say, a few hundred people, let's just say. You might have your inner circle, which might be a dozen, but the idea of deeper connections being larger just by nature of in business that happens, that's fine. But this is where the connectors really shine. They are productivity and efficiency hackers uh, that really think about how to get the most out of systems they've built to, again, show off their humanity and be human, but remove all the remedial work out of the equation. A few examples. Uh, so we have some connectors that are hardcore about creating spreadsheets that are easily searchable with keywords that they've taken from conversations, context that they've mined from one-on-one -on -one interactions. And so when they need something uh, or when they want to help someone else, they have an easy Rolodex and a system that's curated for them that they can use as their cheat sheet, if you will. Now, do people care that they're using a system to end up in a better conversation or help to make an introduction? Of course not. But it's the idea that they've populated it with that context that's so rich and valuable that makes the system worth note. Same thing goes for when you follow up with people. You know, there's a lot of people that use things like Boomerang or use things like, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, uh, follow up CC. Uh, so these are d different kinds of tools you can use, but it's all about the humanity you're putting through them. Uh, one last point. It's also about how do you bring together collision so you are not necessarily always one-on-one -on -one, but really seen as a sphere of influence. I mean, as an example, John, you've known me for years through things like YEC. Um, I'm the first one to say that while I have direct access with many YECers, I've gained indirect access by nature of being in the center of that sphere and people I trust that have brought in other stakeholders uh, that are seeing value as a result of this overall community, I have indirect access to should I need it. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to have deep relationships with thousands of people. It's impossible. But the idea that you've created an ethos, a value, a mission-driven community where you're that center allows you to have the kinds of access or inbound or outbound that, that is more valuable than simply uh, having a Rolodex, right? So, so these are some of the different ways in which connectors look at the world and find ways to, again, show their humanity by cheating the one element that they can't reproduce, which is time. So there are instances, of course, in, as you're trying to build a business that you might identify somebody that you would like to connect with, uh, mm -hmm. you don't have a relationship with, maybe you don't even have any great ways to connect with. What are some, what's some advice 
that uh, that that you would, you know, a connector in this case would uh, approach, you know, to try to get on that person's radar, try to, you know, start a relationship when in fact, you know, that person's connections, you know, are are full. <laughs> so yeah, right? absolutely. Does that make sense. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and John, I'm the first person to say sometimes it's not going to happen. Right. Um, the reality is that uh, I think we – I call it like the Richard Branson effect, right? Everybody wants to talk to Richard Branson thinking like he's going to be the one that's investing in your company and you're going to be a billionaire one day as a result, right? That's sort of the, the logic. And the reality is is that Richard Branson or people like him uh, are basically – and I, I say this you know very respectfully of what he's built, but at this point in their lives have basically become the figureheads of a much larger organization that really have key stakeholders that are the actual people you should meet. And so we first say assess the person you're trying to actually connect with um, because the reality is nine times out of ten from my experience, you're, you're going with ego or, again, vanity or headlines you've seen online versus the people in the trenches every day that are actually the most valuable. So are you connecting or trying to connect with the right person? Um, chances are if they're very public, probably not. So that's number one. Number two is we call a, a book called The Pyramid of Influence. Uh, Keith Ferrazzi is the example we use where, you know, back in the day, Keith was looking to meet Hillary Clinton. Uh, he didn't know her, but he was big into the Democratic, uh, you know, politics and, and really wanted to meet her. But he didn't try to connect with Hillary. He instead found ways to connect with key members of her team. And it would be you know years before those members of the team had trusted and befriended Keith well enough to then let him in the inner circle. And while it wasn't his goal to get something from Hillary Clinton, he makes that very clear, it's the idea that he did well and did uh, you know, uh, provided as much value as he could to the people around her. So when the time was right, if they felt it was right, that value would be exchanged in an introduction, which at some point it was. So I think it's it's taking care of the people that take care of the person you want to meet as well and finding unique ways to get in the door with them. Uh, we, we profile another person in, in Super Connector named John Rulin. John has a book called Giftology, and that's his methodology of how he does smart gifting to, you know, make gifts that are highly personalized, non-promo, uh, non, uh, you know, wanting something back in nature, but very, very personalized gifts that leave artifacts uh, for people to really love and respect. And you know, he can give like a anything from a knife set to you know something special that's specific for your family heirlooms, let's say. And years later, get phone calls about these gifts because people just always remember how thoughtful it was. And I always got the joke that he. Never Never gives gifts between Thanksgiving and Christmas because that's what everybody does. He, he sort of makes it planned randomness, right? This idea that he's going to do it in moments where it's unexpected so serendipity is at its maximum altitude. But the same thing goes here. If you're doing things or giving uh, to people, give to the right people or the people around the people. Uh, that's what a lot of connectors do. Uh, the way in is often not direct. Uh, and I think also if you're trying to do something like uh, – I call it the sales thinking, right? Oh, I want to meet this person by Q2. Okay, well, maybe that'll happen, but the reality is no one person should ever be on a timeline uh, to try to be introduced or meet because then you're going to make dumb mistakes or you're going to potentially close that door for good if you're not ready or not making the right inroads. And when the time would present itself where it's the right moment, you can lose it. And so I think it's just, again, I go back to the mantra. You can't cheat real time and relationship take real time, but you could be smarter on the investment up front. All right, so um – Here's the money question, and I'm actually going to talk about money. So, <laughs> sorry if that was just uh, no, no, of course, got to make a living. A little clumsy, <laughs> but um, the you know you're putting in time, you're investing, you're you're uh, building these uh, connections. Should you have at least, and again, I know you can't keep perfect score, but should you at least have some overriding 
business objectives that are driving you know, who you connect and how you connect. Oh, absolutely. I think, again, I want to take back to where we started the conversation, John. At the end of the day, I'm just simply telling people, don't be transactional in every relationship. It's not a scorecard like, okay, I helped John. John needs to help me. You need to think more worldly, right? And so if you are strong with 100 people, I'm making this up, 100 people, you are basically giving value to a network of amazing people that you've identified that can help you to, to establish inbound opportunity and help you achieve outbound opportunity. But the key is you've not invested in any one of them on a, on a tit for tat, on a quid pro quo level. And so invested smart, it's just like a VC fund for lack of a better uh, example. You know, a VC is not going to invest in 100 companies and, and hope to win 100 companies. They're hoping that a certain percentage of the portfolio is going to pay off the ROI. The same thing sort of applies here, but in a more human way, which is if you are a great curator of amazing people and you've uh, you know done very well by them and you've you've gone the extra mile and you've listened to them and you've befriended them, you know you shouldn't expect any one of them to give you something because that's wrong. But that doesn't mean they're not going to have your back in bad times. It doesn't mean they're not going to help you out when you need something for good times. But it's just about the mindset of how you transact that business. At the same time, no one wants to hang out with a non-successful person in business. You have to be successful in your own right, which is why people say no so often, because opportunities can be wolf, uh, you know, wolves in sheep's clothing. So I think it's about assessing your your network to ensure that you are being that selective body. Um, you know, we have a mutual friend, uh, and I believe he's been on your show before, Derek Coburn. Mm, yes. um, yeah, and you know, he talks about ways of how he uh, is making an engine that's much smarter for referrals, but in a very, you know, meaningful way. And so what does he do? He does these wine events, right? And in those wine events, he asks real connoisseurs from his wealth management client base. Like they have to really love the wine because that's what the event is about. Uh, he asks them to come to an event. And what does he say? Please bring someone from your, you know, network that you think really enjoys this fine wine as well. So what has he done? He's established criteria. You have to like the wine. But at this level of wine, that likely means that it's going to be peers of the people he wants to bring. So you're talking about another high net worth individual that Derek might not have a direct relationship with. Then they're coming to an exclusive curated event around an idea, a topic, and a series of peers that they know are going to be highly vetted. So what's going to happen? Do you think that anybody in that room that Derek didn't know by the end of the night is not only going to know what Derek did and how good he is, but get a direct introduction of a referral basis from that person? That introduced the two parties? Of course not. He's gonna get he's gonna walk out, but never have to say what he does unless he's asked a question that's personalized in nature. So you can set yourself up with your community for success. I think anybody that says you shouldn't uh, look at a profit motive in your whole business life is lying. But you can do it in a smart way and you could do it in a more human way. And I think that's the key. Just don't be that poachy guy that's, you know, at the networking event, shaking your hand, you know, with one hand, handing you the business card with the other, talking all about himself and looking over your shoulder to see who's next in line. That's the guy we're saying, don't be that guy. Visiting with Scott Gerber, the author of Super Connector. Scott, tell people where they can find uh, more about uh, this work, uh, this book and uh, anything else that you want to share. Absolutely. So you can go and buy the book online everywhere books are sold or check out superconnectorbook.com. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Scott Gerber, S-C-O-T-T-G-E-R-B-E-R, -E or my co-author and partner in crime, Ryan Paw at Ryan Paw R-Y-A-N-P-A-U-G-H. We'd love to connect with you and happy to answer any other questions you might have. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. And hopefully we'll uh, run into you out there on the road soon. Thanks, John.